1: Listeners of this show
0: will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast.
1: Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit microsoft.com teams.
2: It's time! With Bruce Buffer.
1: And now... It's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are live! It's
3: Bruce Buffer.
2: Bruce Buffer.
3: From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Rio de Janeiro, where the UFC is coming. We are live! This is this Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry, we voice it for you. We talk about everything on this time. Politics, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and UFC. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. We've both been traveling. I've been traveling. I'm home for two days. You're home for however many days.
1: TJ, how the hell are you? Uh, I'm good. I, I haven't traveled yet. I will travel uh, moments from now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it, 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 it begins a crazy month. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Florida today. I come home, and then I turn around and go back to Florida. Uh, I'm leaving today for work, go back for a little vacation in Disney World. And then uh, before I know it, I've got uh, Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, which is here in town. And then i got to head out to, uh, where am I going? Invicta in Kansas City. So uh,
3: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds fun. I, I had a crazy week. I've been home two days in the last 10 days, and... All loving it. Uh, I was in Fort Lauderdale, of course. Right. Uh, went into Vegas and did that amazing event uh, the UFC put on, giving away up to 15 dream wishes to children from the, that are part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I can't say enough about the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I can't say enough about the UFC, Dana White, and everybody and what they did for these young kids. And I thank them for allowing me to be a host of it. It was a very emotional, uh, very uh, humbling, wonderful, wonderful event that I will never forget, looking in these beautiful children's eyes, <clears throat> as I announced their dream wishes. TJ, most of the young kids wanted to go to Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, there were a couple of kids there that were 16 years old, give, you know, give or take a year, and they chose Paris. One chose Paris and Rome, and the UFC, no matter what the wish, they granted it. Their families are going to Paris and Rome, their families are going to Disneyland, but most of all, these kids, these beautiful children were happy. And all the employees from the UFC turned out for this event. It was uh, wonderfully covered by the news to give Make a Wish some good uh, PR and press for all the wonderful things they do. And it was very, very wonderful for me to be part of this event. I just, I just loved it. That's great. Yeah. Then I stayed in town. I stayed in for a day. I filmed the finale of a very popular TV show. I'm not allowed to give out the information yet because it's going to be a surprise. And I came home for one day. I uh, went to Ottawa, Canada. Always love going to Canada. The Canadian fans are absolutely fantastic. I can't say enough about them. Um, we had an, an excellent show. Great main event. You can't say enough about Cowboy Cerrone <laughs> and Ally Aquinta. That, when I say on a past show, when I say a term, a Pier 6 brawl, what that means, folks, is it's whether it's in the back of a bar, the back of a loading dock, Or what we call a pure six brawl. That's where a street fight and they just go for it. And this truly was a test of heart, a test of will, a test of skill from two awesome proven octagon warriors.
1: What a fight. Uh, I mean, we learned so much and I can't remember who said it, uh, but someone said it. And it's cliche to say it, but there are times when it really is true. Even Ally Quinta, even though he lost, you know, four rounds to 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 one, and and maybe it was even you know ten in that time, he didn't really lose in this fight because he showed the heart of a freaking warrior. Like so many people, Buff would have just stopped coming forward. He never did. And then Donald Cerrone, what do you say about this man? Like you know, he's he's the former you know wild cowboy kid who you know was doing jet skis and just tra- chasing that adrenaline high any way he can and. Now he's got a, a, a son. Uh, he named his kid Danger, which I absolutely uh, love. But Donald Cerrone now, you know, Donald Daddy Cerrone uh, still doing things like the cowboy that we know he is and uh, is able to take out a, a hungry up and comer like Ally Quinta. I mean, I don't know what is next for Donald Cerrone. Maybe it's a fight with Conor McGregor, maybe it's a showdown with. Habib Nurmagomedov, but I will tell you one thing. I'm willing to pay my $54.99 to, to watch Donald Cerrone fight any day, and uh, this guy is still you know, penning a, a Hall of Fame career and, and doing it at the highest level. Absolutely,
3: and um, I can't really add anything to what you just said because you said it so perfectly. I just want to say, if you're a UFC fan, who does not like to watch Donald Cerrone fight?
1: Who doesn't? Uh, people, that, <laughs> people that don't like fights.
3: Yeah, there you go. That's, that's pretty much it. So congratulations, Donald. Congratulations, Al, too. I mean, the heart of a lion, both of them.
1: Oh, I, I have a hard time believing that Al Quinta won't make his way to uh, a title fight again in his career because, uh, again, like the, the, you, you can't teach heart. You know what I mean? You can teach all the other skills, and trust me, Ray Longo and Sarah have imparted a, a lot of uh, skills upon this young man and, and, and Raging Al, but you can't teach heart. And I, Quinta has as much heart as some entire divisions. You know how I call uh, Kelvin Gaslin
3: the Roberto Duran of our sport? Yep. I'm calling Al Iaquinta the Jake LaMotta of our sport.
1: I like it. I respect yep. it. It's, it's hard yep. to argue. And uh, th- those are titles you don't throw around willy-nilly. No, so, not uh, Al, not if you're all. listening, uh, you know, fist bump to you, sir. You deserve that title. Big
3: time. Big time. Okay. All the other fights off that weekend, last weekend, uh, at the air center were, was, were awesome. You know, everything was good. Everybody brought their their A-game. Another excellent show. Now, that's the past. Here's the future. Rio de Janeiro. Jessica Andraj, Rose Namajunas. Hello, world. Anderson Silva. Jared Karanier. Hello, world. This is Jose a great Aldo, card. yeah, Alexander Volkanovski, right? Hello world, Francisco Trinaldo, Diego Ferreira, stop, hello world. Stop Antonio Rud, Rodrigo Nogueira, Ryan Span. Hello oh, world. Oh my god, <laughs> seriously,
1: what a great card, worth yeah. every penny. Um, if you're not on the ESPN Plus app, uh, fix that because you need to watch this card. It's a sneaky good card. There's a lot of like. I feel like every year I say this, but May is so busy. It's it's MMA. And uh, th- this card, I think, is a little bit under the uh, the radar. It's the numbered event, obviously. Um, Rose Nami Yunus is a fantastic champion, taking on Jessica Andrade, who is more than a worthy competitor. And then you mentioned an undercard that, I mean, you know, fingers crossed nothing happens to the main event, but this is one of those events that would be fine if they lost the title fight at the top because there's just so many intriguing matchups.
3: All you got to do is move uh, the Brazilian hero, Jose Aldo, to the main event. God forbid that ever happens. Right. and. Even Or Anderson Silva. No, you move Anderson Silva up and Jose right behind him, and you've still got an amazing pay-per-view, but let's not jinx it. Right. I cannot wait to see Rose, who is an underdog, to Jessica Andrade oh, in this man. fight. Not often was, you see that. Not often you see well, the champion I surprised coming. by that. I, you know, I don't bet fights, but my gosh, I think John Anik will be all over that. But um, they're just two great war- – may the best woman win. You know, that's all I want to see. May the best woman win.
1: I don't know. I I, I know she's the underdog, but – in situations like this, uh, y- your recent form sort of dictates your future. And, it, I mean, this this woman beat Ioana Ian check twice, Buff. It's very hard to counter out. Hello, of course. I agree
3: fully. So Rio de Janeiro, here we come. I'll be there uh, Friday looking forward to the show. There's another big event that's happening on Friday surrounding the weigh-ins. Again, I'm part of it but I can't talk about it <laughs> until it happens. So there's some exciting things that are going to happen down in Rio. Looking forward to it. I, I missed, I think, the last two shows. Not that I did not want to go. I was not scheduled for them. I can't wait to see my beloved UFC fans in Rio de Janeiro. Love you all. I'm coming. Obrigado. Let's do this. All right. Now, TJ, um, we're going to do an archive show today because, again, I've got to go hop on a plane. i got a lot of things to do. It is an archive show that... I think everybody will enjoy. But before we get to that and explain that, I have to talk about one news story. TJ, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I've never seen it. Not episode one. Never. Okay. Well, here's what happened. As you know, Game of Thrones is considered by many to be be the greatest TV show ever. Ever made. Right? Millions of dollars. Huge promotion. Huge production. Set back in a time in history when there was no McDonald's. And there was no Starbucks. Now, there is a thing on set called continuity person with the continuity person, however, they are titled today, um, because this is a title that's been around for many, many decades, actually, uh, is the important job of them is so that when they stop a scene and start a scene, that continuity is there.
1: Such as. Right. Like if a windshield is broken and they. Right. Yeah. You don't want that windshield to reappear. Not broken, which I believe is one of like the biggest flaws in the movie Twister. Like this, That's, uh, this truck gets its windshield smashed, and then the second time you see it, its windshield is completely fine. Right.
3: And that's what happens along with things like if it's a Viking movie or a cowboy, and Indian movie or a gladiator movie. And you notice in crowds are running and you see wristwatches. Right. on The actors yeah. and the actors. Yeah. Here's what happened, TJ. A scene made the final cut that was picked up, of course, immediately. This is the first time in five seasons they're having a serious scene inside a room in the castle, shall we say, on the table is a Starbucks cup of coffee
1: oh no how did that a, oh my god a starbucks
3: cup of coffee tj Ugh. right on the table everybody picked up on it tmz of course caught it um there's only two episodes left uh we're finding out who's going to get killed in- inside the show but i think whoever left the starbucks cup is going to be the first fatality on this tv show no kidding and <laughs> i'm sorry to laugh because the producers are great people uh, they're um i've met them they just do an amazing job but even they got a painful guffaw out of this one, I'm sure. It's just amazing how with everybody and all the eyes on TV and the editing room and everything, that could make it. That was my little news story for
1: today. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, but, I mean, these things happen, you know? Like, it, yeah. it's human error.
3: Well, it goes to show you, Starbucks has really been working a long time on their brand. No okay, kidding. No I mean, back no to kidding. medieval
1: times, apparently. Yeah, it wasn't
3: even trademarked back then because they didn't have attorneys. All right, um, the show coming up is a show that both TJ and I really had a great time Uh, Originally was filmed in studio for video. Uh, The Very, very, very funny actors. I mean, comedian Nick Swartzen, a friend of the show. You've seen him in all the Adam Sandler movies. Simon Rex, you've seen him in multiple, multiple films. The Scary Movie uh, series. Great guys, great personalities, tons of fun. We laughed our heads off before, after, and during the show. I want you all to enjoy it. I'm off to Brazil. TJ's off to do his things. Let's leave you with one of our favorite comedic, entertaining episodes of all time, and it's time. We have two very special guests. My friend from the UFC, my friend from film, a man who's an extremely gifted comedian, actor, and entertainer. We have Nick Swartzen. Hi, Nick. Hi, Bruce. (laughs) Hi, Nick. And his partner in crime, Simon Rex. You all know Simon from the scary movie and many other things, but now you're going to know Simon and Nick better than ever because we're going to talk about their new show on Comedy Central, Typical Rick. Hey, guys, thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, Bruce, love this.
3: you, dude. Uh, love you too, brother. Thanks really for coming on. But the big news here is your show on Comedy Central, Typical Rick. I'm so happy to hear you made this foray again in the TV, but this is going to be more of a star vehicle for you. How's it going? How's everything happening? Tell us about the show.
2: show's amazing. Um, I created it uh i was drunk at a movie theater (laughs) and me and our director nick Goosen, who directed grandma's boy um i just thought of this idea for me and simon because i love simon he's one of my best friends and he's super talented so it essentially just came i was like wanted to think of a show that was like simple and not too complicated so it's basically two guys from iowa that moved to hollywood And I play a guy that wants to be a dramatic actor like the next Daniel Day Lewis, and I take myself very seriously. And then Simon's character Rick is tags along, and is a fucking train wreck. And so he's like loose cannon, but like everybody gravitates towards him, so he gets all the attention. When I'm like busting my ass to like audition and do shit, so it's like Odd Couple meets Entourage, essentially.
3: It sounds kind of like Lethal Weapon. Meets on the road. It Raj. is a lethal <laughs> weapon. I'm Danny Glover. Um,
0: uh, yeah, uh, I remember Nick hits me up and he says we were comparing stories about our our friends from back home. He's from Minnesota. I'm from the Bay Area. And whenever our friends come into town in L.A., there's always that one dude who who fucks everything up. And uh, we were sharing horror stories about our friends that have come. And he's like, "That's a great idea for a show." Yeah, the plus like the, one from hell.
2: Yeah, the plus one from hell is yeah. basically how it started. Just a guy that just comes in like a wrecking ball, like Simon's character, like it's just doing blow and just like going to just parties and being insane.
3: So did you have to do a lot of research for this whole (laughs) (laughs)
0: lifetime of real research uh, led to we did coke for 40 years to prepare for this part? (laughs) I thought it was going to say 40
3: hours to write the script. But, you know, with with the show like this, I got to assume that you're going to have, you know, guest appearances and stuff like that on. So in the first season, who did you have on the show?
2: This first season we had uh Chris Delia, who was amazing. He was awesome. And then we didn't have a lot of cameos in the first season, but the second season, it's pretty stacked. We have a great we have great people. I don't know if I wanna spoil it, but
3: No, don't spoil it. Let make but, us watch it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But check it out. It's streaming on Comedy Central and you can also watch it on YouTube on the Comedy Central's YouTube page.
3: I've got a big poker tournament to play at the World Poker Tour and there's a lot of downtime sometimes at the table, so I'm gonna be on my iPhone too. Yeah, yeah, check it
2: out. I'll be it's, laughing at the table, and they're wondering what the hell I'm laughing at. While yeah. you're making millions.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try.
2: You know what? You know what I did one time. You're t- talking about poker. <laughs> this is one of the only times. I'm not a big poker guy, but I was at, um, I think it was Commerce, and I went, and I was playing poker, and it was like you know late night, it was shit faced, and uh, I I got a two and an eight. I was big blind, and I got a two and eight offsuit, and I. I didn't, you know, nobody else, like, nobody else challenged me. So I just, you know, I paid the, you know, whatever. I was big blind. And so, you know, I got to see the flop and it was a two and an eight and then like a jack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. So I just nailed two pair and uh, ended up winning the hand. This guy went back and forth with me and he had two jacks and I had a, you know, two pair And I just, I remember I stood up on the table. I've never done this ever. And he just goes, yeah, I got two jacks, motherfucker. And I just went, boom! And I threw down my two and my eight. And this guy wanted to fucking kill me. And I was, I like took the entire, this big pot. And then I had to like... Literally, my buddy grabbed me and was like, we got to go. This guy's going to fucking kill you. Yeah, it
0: gets intense, man. <laughs> that's, the, that's the vibe at the table. I'm not really into gambling, but it's fucking gnarly. Like, I didn't know the rules, too. I had that happen once where I, I hit when I wasn't supposed to hit. I guess there's just simple etiquette at the poker table, and I fucked the whole rest of the roundup for everybody, and I was about to get my ass beat. Dude, the People, worst is it's
2: crazy. fucking blackjack. I was just doing shows in Fort Lauderdale, and I was staying at the Hard Rock, and me and my buddy, who opened for me, we were playing blackjack, and he was, like, you know, he would have, like, 14, and, you know, you should stay, and he would hit, and the table, he was losing everybody money, and people were freaking yeah. out. What what seat at yeah. the
3: blackjack table was sitting in? Was it, like, out of the five or six seats, was he first base or third base at the end? Was he in the middle? He
2: was first base.
3: Yeah, that's going to screw it up for everybody. Plus, screwed
2: it up for everybody. Yeah. People wanted to fucking kill this. I, like... I was screaming at him. I'm like, "What are you doing?" He would have, fucking 16 and take a hit.
3: But yeah. you know, it's okay to hit 14 into a 10, not into a four, five, or six, which are the dealer's bus cards. Yeah, no, when yeah. you no,
2: know, when the, when the deal, yeah, when the dealer would have like a six. You know, what my buddy would have, like, it was just uh, a fucking yeah, disaster. Yeah, you,
0: you mix alcohol and money, it gets a little ag- aggressive. Well, it depends how much alcohol we, and how much money you're playing it with.
3: Totally. <laughs> and you just have to know
2: etiquette. You know yeah, I, mean, I, I don't You know, gambling and shit like that. You can't just be loose cannon and go fucking Rogue One.
3: That's when you got to take the Velcro on your ass, separate it from the seat, get up, and walk away. Yeah. Got to find another table to put your chips down. Speaking of gambling, I'm going to Commerce today, the place that you played at for the World Poker Tour. But um, in our background i was mentioning earlier there's a six degrees of separation because in all the the things you've done you know from reno 911 uh i remember i went to the premiere of benchwarmers um you were in the movie and worked with my brother michael buffer on um you don't mess with the zohan yeah and how many adam sandler movies have you done 706 <laughs>
1: Fucking
2: god i would say <clears throat> i mean with happy madison i say uh, 15 maybe yeah that's the one thing
3: i I like so many things about adam he's such a good guy i remember after the movie my brother ran into him at a restaurant called Paponi's here in la and he said hi and then an hour and a half later he left and michael left and he asked for the check and they said no adam took care of it. yeah adam's he's that kind of guy no he's a good dude he's
2: amazing like he he'll do shit where it's like he'll call me up like what are you doing for the super bowl i'm like nothing he goes i got a plane let's go to vegas i'm like okay i'm like who's going?" He's like. There's like 25 of us, yeah. so he would just fucking bring like 25 people to Vegas and fucking pay for everything, pay for all of our rooms, pay for every meal. I mean, like, you know, he's a great guy, just super generous and like really fun. And we we have a tour coming up, me, Sandler, Spade, and Schneider, uh, that starts in April. So we'll be doing a bunch of dates. You can look at my... Instagram at real Nick Swartz and, and all the dates are posted.
3: Tell me how much fun that's going to be with that crew. Of food. That's just like an, I can just imagine having dinner with you guys every night. That would just be hilarious. It's
2: super fun. It's just, we're so close that like, I mean, you know, obviously we know David Spade. Yeah. David's one of my best friends. You know, they're like brothers to me. So it's, it's funny. Cause it's just, you know, like we do have an amazing time. Like we're always laughing, but we still like fight Yeah, <laughs> like brothers. Like we still like, get mad at each other and like (laughs) are like hey man fuck you no fuck you like there's still like that element to it
3: yeah but that that high school college mentality is never going to go away that's what keeps you brothers i'll tell you a real funny not funny but a, a cool story about adam he came to the ufc i don't know if you were there with him that night and i walked up to him you know to say hi and everything and i said adam i gotta i gotta ask you you know you always have these icons you have a tendency to have these icons in your movies like bob barker and david hasselhoff right i said why don't you think about putting my brother Michael, on you know, Michael's manager, so I right. say I'm always working. but Oh, that's cool. I said, why don't you put Michael Buffer in one of your movies? He goes, oh, that's a good idea. And that was it. And he puts him in the movie. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. You don't mess with the Zohan. It wasn't come try out. He goes, we want Michael to co-star in the movie as the guy he co-starred in. Can he come in and do a read, you know, with the crew? And that was it. Two yeah. weeks after I said that <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it's yeah. insane. I've insane. never seen anything like
0: it. I, I mean, the family vibe that he said, the few times I've been on set to visit Nick or whatever, it's just he created He created a really uh, home environment at work. Everyone's just seems really happy, and they've been there forever, and he's taking care of everyone.
2: But he works on the fly like that. Like, I did that movie, uh, Just Go With It, with me and him and Jennifer Aniston. And I remember Sandler called me. I was at a fu- fucking restaurant. And he goes, hey, what's up, man? What are you doing? I go, I'm eating, what's going on? He goes, can you do a German accent? I go, oh, maybe like this, I, I don't know, not, it took like this? And he goes, yep, good. <laughs> and then I go, okay, what the fuck? He goes, I'll call you later. And then a week later he goes, yeah, we, we're doing this movie. And he's like, I got you like the co-lead with me and Jennifer Anderson. And really? I was just Yeah, and I played like a guy who pretended to be German and shit, but it was just It was just that fast, <laughs> he just called me really
3: quick. Hey, can you do a voice? Okay, uh, yep, yeah, perfect. Well, you know, there's certain directors and producers like Adam, and one of the guys that's similar to him but does more serious films is Clint Eastwood. When I say that, it's because if you look at all of Clint Eastwood's films, he uses the same crew, the right. same, a lot of the same actors, does an incredible job every time he does a movie. Yeah. He's guaranteed, like Adam, he knows who has to come in. You guys are actors. You can play different roles. It doesn't matter if you're in the last film or not. That's loyalty, that's friendship, and that's good business, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah
2: for sure. Absolutely. But it's also everybody delivers, too, so it's yeah. not like... He's not just handing out shit where it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, he has a sixth sense where, you know, like, I produce a lot of his movies, too. And he'll be like, what about so-and-so for this role? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. That seems kind of weird. And then the person will just come in and fucking nail it. And he'll be like, just somebody totally random.
3: So when you're filming, how many episodes does Comedy Central pick up on, uh, typical Rick? Six. So you do six, and then... How does the seasons work on, on that? In other words, you do the six, it runs, either two seasons a year three seasons a year it's like netflix where it just comes out at once and you could watch
0: all of them they're only about 7 minutes in length each to- each episode so you you're going to get a 42 minute season you know you can really, binge- seven? You- yeah you could binge watch now this season's like Wait. 10 to 12 oh this one'll oh, okay, be longer okay. but the first season and say average 7 8 minutes something like that yeah um they're quick they're quick and just leaves you want more and you could just watch fly through them really quick yeah
2: these are like really easy oh this just, is going to be great to watch today when yeah. i'm playing
3: i oh, yeah, love that. yeah you
2: can pop right through it
3: so For our audience, because we talk a lot on the show about uh, the success factor, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, which obviously you guys are creating the show. I mean, no doubt about it. The moment you thought about the concept for the show, to take it, to sell it, take me through calendar-wise. You did it with this. How long did it take to get here to when you were filming?
2: God, I would say from (coughs) from pitch to execution, it was probably... Uh, eight
0: months eight months yeah. yeah
3: about that that's that's still pretty quick yeah that's pretty
0: quick yeah well he, he's like a mini sandler he did the same thing he just made it happen he just has the right you know uh ability and the and the connections to think of an idea and, and make it happen and just put me in it and i was just stoked that he thought of me because uh we've only shot a few things together nothing on this scale before so it's fun and our friend nick Goosen who's directing it has done so much stuff with us we always do youtube videos and so it's just the same thing, that little family vibe. We all know each other. We all fight like brothers and get along and make fun of each other and all that shit. But no. yeah,
2: I walked into Comedy Central and they bought it in the room, and then I just started writing it.
3: And then when you're producing Adam Sandler's uh, films, I mean, I know what it takes to be a producer, but it, how much work is involved in that? When you're producing one of his films, what what is your? It's exact a lot.
2: Role? I mean, it depends upon the. You know, it, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's you're on set every second, so it's. 12, 13-hour days, and it's just, you know, I'm a creative producer, so, like, I'm doing all the punch-up. So I'm, like, helping with the, you know, making the scenes better and making everything tighter and, you know, giving Adam notes and giving him, you know what I mean, other actors too and, you know, just telling people, like, oh, no, try it this way, do it this way. Oh, Adam, don't forget this. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean, like that type of thing. But it's, like, it's nonstop, Right. It's
3: intense. Well, I mean, your career's nonstop when you think about it. I mean, I work in my sports and entertainment career, I base everything on passion. I try to throw it all on the floor, whether I'm announcing or I'm doing a TV show or a movie, I like to have fun and do what I do. You guys, the four of you, Adam has had tremendous success as an actor, as a producer. You've had what I consider tremendous success as an actor and, of course, as you're talking about as a producer. Yet all you guys, and David Spade and, and Rob Schneider, and all you guys are willing to go out on the road And get dirty again like you did in the early years as you continue to enjoy is this because of the passion you have for your career is it a combination of the passion mixed with i need to do this to stay sharp and to be raw i mean what is the basic money there we go Mm. came money (laughs) a lot of money a lot of money (laughs) no
2: i i've I've been a stand-up for 21 years and it's you know at, at the at the core root of myself like that's who I am you know what I mean my stand up is who I am and so my fan base is so loyal and awesome so you know but it's exhausting like I'm 40 years old now so you know when you know when you run around the country at 23 years old it's way different so now you know the older you get like I tour with Sandler and then I tour on my own and then I shoot this show and then I start another movie in the summer and you know it gets exhausting it's it, it like it, it it does catch up to you i've talked to other comics and like the older we get the more we talk about like just getting on multiple planes and going through baggage claim and going through like you that's know that's the
3: tough part the travel. people ask me what's was the hardest part i tell them the travel yeah it the is. travel and
2: it's just like the you know simon knows too he tours is dirt nasty and you know it's just like the different time zones and the altitudes and it's just like it's so fucking intense. It's just like really, I, like I just remember touring. Like I toured for like three months straight. And I remember I just, I had no idea where the fuck I was at yeah, certain points. I, mean, I still
0: get that.
3: There was a movie before called If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium. And that's what I say to myself because sometimes I wake up in a hotel room and I'm like, where the F am I? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's happened. I'm going to be 60 in May. And I notice that even that gets a little more as I as I get older. But I just love what I do so much so I get through it. And we celebrate something together. You're 21 years in comedy. Yeah. Last week I was 21 years in the octagon. No way. Yeah, my 21 year oh, anniversary. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. It that long? That's crazy. Congrats, crazy. buddy. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dirt nasty. Yeah, yeah. Let's a, talk about. This.
0: Yeah, it's an alter okay. ego rap character that I uh, I, I created, um, and it ends up be, being a comedy music show, kind of like what Sandler does. He'll do a song and do you know some jokes, and it, it's uh, definitely um, very fun vibe that I, I bring out i always tell people you don't have to like my music just come to the show because you'll have a good time right. you know i bring people from the audience on stage i do a lot of improving and just it's uh it's hilarious it's fun it's just fun um i don't take myself too seriously i'm not trying to all my songs are definitely comedic based so it ends up becoming a fun night you know it's not i bring out a fun crowd of degenerates <laughs> who i love that's honest <laughs> yeah it's it's true
2: there's some loose cannons oh, that come out
0: i just did portland the other night which for some reason <clears throat> the pacific northwest is just where i sell out shows back to back and just do really well and uh man they just they just come out by the hundreds and are just wasted and
2: just
3: it's portland baby there's man, herb in the air <laughs> man. god it's i have crazy.
2: portland coming up soon it's a fun city but yeah my fan base too it's like I had when I last time I toured, I had to go on Twitter and I had to tell people, like, chill out because people would come and like they get so fucking wild and shit faced. You and, know, like, that's
3: because of you, though. They're, they're 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 wanting to be you. They're wanting to get into character. But they, they, they think crazy. like I don't
2: party that hard. Like, I don't like, you know, I drink, but I drink casually and like I don't do any drugs. And but people think that it's like this crazy fuck tornado show. And like there was fist fights people were vomiting i mean it gets like crazy (laughs) like and the best was you know i would do theaters but then i would do performance art centers so i was doing places where they would have like the lion king and like wicked and like these musicals and then my show would come in and these like ushers were just like old ladies that like (laughs) weren't ready for the my fucking tornado fans coming in and just raging, and I remember my tour manager was just like, yeah, like three people puked in the bathroom, like somebody fucking fell down the stairs, there was a fist fight, it was, it was just like. Well, you have
3: a rider in your contract, right, you don't have to break up fist fights and you don't have to clean up the toilets, <laughs> yeah. so you're okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm good. But it was just like, oh my god! It's like We
0: created that for ourselves. Like you had a, I think one of your albums was called Party Time or something. It You're was just called, opening the door for the party. I opened I the it, big door. Yeah, you did. We both. I mean, we both. We did. both did. Which is fine. It's fun. But like you said, when you get older in your forties, like it's enough to be traveling and sleeping in hotels and night in and night out they're all waiting for you to come party with you like I gotta run out the back door I don't know about you but I have to avoid the interaction with my fans because they have been waiting for me for six months to party with them and they right. don't understand that I gotta go do four more shows the next four nights in a row and it's just physically not possible I leave gonna-
2: right away and it's like I don't I don't drink when I work it, whenever I'm filming or anything like, like I just did shows in Phoenix and I would go out like to go eat and I would have to have like security with me because mm-hmm. people would fucking come up and like Give me shots and stuff, and I'm like, I don't do shots anyway. And I was just like, no. And I remember one guy walked up to me with a shot of Jagermeister, and he goes, Here, I got this for you. And I go, I mean, I don't, I don't do shots. I'm not drinking right now. I'm sober. And he goes, This is the saddest day of my life. (laughs) He goes, All I've ever wanted was to meet you and do a shot. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. And he was just like, This is horrifying. You know, a few comments
3: on that after show. I mean, even in respect to what I do, I sometimes take the back ways to get around and you know but i remember one thing i always remember is never forget where you came from because i'm sure would like you guys to you had experiences in your early career walking through the comedy shops or you know film sets or cities whatever and nobody said a word it was like crickets Right. And now they recognize you and we all should be thankful for totally. that as I know you are. No, it's a good problem to have. But perception is reality with fans, but it's when they when they go against man law and they follow me in the bathroom or they're taking pictures of me right. or you know that's just that's just wrong.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. And you're going to get that if you, the amount of people that come out is going to be a yeah. couple of guys
2: that could fuck up the night for
3: you. It, it's just the way it is. Right? Yeah, you
2: know? no, I mean like Yeah, and I'm 100% appreciative and I love my fans and I'm so happy to be where I am, but it's funny cuz Sandler told me He was like, when I was 26, I just started working with him and we started filming Grandma's Boy. And Adam goes, Do you want to be famous? And I said, Yeah. I go, Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. And he goes, Just so you know, once you are, you can never go back. He's right. And I was like, I didn't really understand it at the time. And he was like, Yeah. He goes, You can't, (laughs) like, once the train takes off, you're fucking on the train for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, and it's a trip, dude. It's like, yeah, it's
3: yeah, all the like all the time, 24/7. Well, Especially when you're creating a fan base like you both are, I try to do myself is create an organic fan base. You're not it's happening naturally and those are your fans forever. Yeah, they're going to love what you do.
2: Yeah, and I'm a completely genuine like when I do my stand up and I'm very self-effacing and but uh yeah, no, I've cultivated an amazing fan base, but yeah, it's just like it's it, you know, it's getting better that I'm older because the crowd is getting older, too. Like 10 years ago, it was way more intense with like people partying and like ripping blow and shit. But like, you know, now it's like people are like in their 40s like me. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's it's a little bit, but it's a little easier.
3: But I do recommend not taking any drinks from anybody because I've, I've avoided being roofied twice. Right. And I only say that because one time uh, I was suspicious of one the other time. A friend of mine, a female, actually took the drink that was given to me and, and wound up going over the edge, and it was obvious that it was a roofie, and I've, I've been in experience with that. I've got to be really careful. In I'll never age.
2: take a drink from anybody. Never take a drink ever. from anybody public. I've either. been roofied.
3: If they buy it for you and you're there with them and the bartender brings it in front of you, that's different. Oh, yeah. If they walk up to you, don't do it. No,
2: yeah. never. It's like
0: too short. This famous rapper told me, he said, you know, I, I'd never hang out with my fans because you're never going to win that one. As soon as they light up a joint or have a drink with you, then you're you're hooked in. If you're and, Especially if a picture's taken, you're nailed. Oh, well, nowadays you're nailed. with the cell phone cameras and everything, totally. But just as a general note, he's like, I make it a rule not to party with my fans because it's a lose-lose. You're, you're not going to win that one. They're going to ask you for your phone number. They're going to ask you, you know, once you're nice and just show them a little bit, people are very
3: aggressive. Yeah, exactly. And then they start hitting you on Twitter like you're, their, you're your best friend. And with yeah. all respect, we're not. We're right. acquaintances. We right. met. Sorry. I get, you know, like you guys have yeah, thousands, you be hundreds of thousands of fans. You can't answer every right. tweet out there. No. Right. Let me ask you a little thing about the business again. Um, Adam, the blockbuster hits he's had, his last couple films have gone to Netflix. Some people might think that that's less. It's really not because the whole Netflix and everything is becoming such a big industry in itself to release product on. So is the is the money in the financials in Netflix and the exposure similar to releasing a film in theaters is this a choice?
2: Yeah, I thought it was genius on his part because I know like working with him so long in the studio system you know it was just so much anxiety for like the opening weekend and box office and he would he would just get so stressed and it was like doing press and talk shows and you know trying to get it out there so you know the movie opens and you know it was just so much stress on him. And it was like the Netflix deal was so ahead of its time. And he was just like, you know, the movie's out there right away. He doesn't have to do a ton of press. And he has complete creative freedom. So, like, Netflix is amazing in the sense where, like, they don't inundate us with notes. They don't go like, well, I don't know, if this is funny. Like, the studio system, it was just, like, fucking insane. Of just executives, like, just trying to justify their jobs and being like, yeah, I don't know. Does this scene work? It just I don't know if this works. And we were like, yeah, it fucking works. Yeah, but you We've know, been doing comedy for 50 years
3: between <laughs> us. In Hollywood, <clears throat> I've had this adage for years. They don't know what happens, what works until it works. In, and I'll give you an example. I've been on the show before. In the, in the 60s, uh, they, in the 50s, they made a bunch of space movies. In the 60s, they stopped making space movies. Then a film called Star Wars got released and did a billion dollars in business. And suddenly every studio is like, Hey, let's make a space movie. Never heard of it. Is that right. a movie? Yeah, Never heard of it. Exactly. Hollywood. They don't, they think they know what works. They don't know what works until it works. And that's where people like you that want to take the leap and you Simon, you take the leap to make something happen and say, Hey, now I'm, now I'm a pioneer. Now I created something. Right. You know. So but it's
2: funny. Like I remember Mike Myers when he wrote, uh, Austin powers and he gave the script to the studio and, uh, you know, they were like, I don't understand. So you say, yeah, baby? And he was like, yeah, my character says, yeah, baby. And they're like, I don't, that, that's not that funny. And he goes, no, that's, you don't understand. It's like, yeah, baby. Like, it's a f- catchphrase, right. you know? Right. And they, they, like, just didn't, <clears throat> and they tried to kill it. And uh, that's what I heard. And fucking, that's- yeah, it was like, that was his <clears throat> fucking catchphrase.
0: That's the age-old thing, though, is you get the suits who... Uh, want to be creative, and they're all <clears throat> operating out of fear because everyone's getting fired. So you get this weird battle between the suits creatively and the artists, and that's why typical rigs great because they basically are like, here, just go make it, you know. And I, for the most part, they really did just let us do our thing. I don't. It didn't do you have 100 like percent
3: control? Uh, I mean, pretty much, pretty much, 99.
0: That's rare. I mean, and Nick, they just trust Nick at this point, so like, do whatever you got to do. And, and
3: was, what about ratings? What I mean, what if it gets a little. Uh, Explicit nudity-wise, word-wise, whatever. I mean, you guys look well, the over thing, the edge?
2: The, the thing about it being streaming is that we have a lot of freedom. So, like, that's one reason why I wanted to do it streaming and not on air is that we can swear, we can fucking do anything. We, smoke yeah, weed. We can smoke weed and fucking do blow and whatever the fuck. Like, Wait, yeah. for everybody char- listening,
3: Nick does not do drugs. He's just acting. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> characters. <right. laughs> the characters. The yeah.
2: characters. But, yeah, we have full creative free. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's awesome.
3: That's awesome. Simon, let me ask you what was it like uh to be famous pre-internet as opposed to being famous post-internet
0: uh yeah it's a different world you know it's uh i've been fortunate because i've somewhat reinvented myself over the years by staying on social media and looking at it like a job and i'm working with uh, weed maps right now which is just this huge company yeah i'm familiar with them yelp of Yelp for marijuana dispensaries and you know I uh, all throughout the years like I did Vine when it first came out and had like over 2 million followers on there and people still come up to me like you're the Vine guy like you get you got to do that stuff Mm -hmm. to just stay with the younger audience it's just smart to be stay relevant everyone's just on their phone all day at the end of the day and you know so that's my job to do that so I try to I try to make it my job like to post some funny comedy content or just to do something to just keep people entertained and then the money sort of comes later you just do it to do it and it's fun to exercise that instrument and tool and just stay sharp uh, and and it's really fun also because like if I think of an idea I can literally shoot it edit it do it all myself and put it up and it's such a quick turnaround Compared to doing a movie or something, you really just get hundreds of thousands of people to have a laugh, mm-hmm. and you're just doing it all yourself, and it just takes a little time, and it's such a quick fix. Right, I love it, but so.
2: it's it is exhausting. Now it's like I find myself on my phone just nonstop, it's so Instagramming, addictive. Facebooking, tweeting, just everything, and it's like it's exhausting. It's it's exhausting, and I remember I lost my phone last year, and uh, I just didn't buy a new one for like a week. And like, so I was just like I lost it and I was like, Fuck I need a new phone. And it was so nice not to have a phone. Right. It's like a week. vacation. Yeah, it was literally it literally was. It was like I was so relaxed and like not just a constantly it's so fucking fucked. texting yeah. and like
3: it's a it's, it's a catch twenty two uh curse, but you know, it's it's an operational necessity to today's business, especially in, in entertainment and sports. You have to do it. You gotta do it. Yeah. And is also whenever you get hired. Yeah, when you get hired for a job, whether it's a studio or Comedy Central, one of the first things they're going to look at is how much social media Absolutely. you guys have. Yeah, make that's this work. a big factor.
0: And I'll be honest, Like, I'll, I'll promote my own shows when I go on tour, and me just posting one Instagram post or a tweet will fill up the crowd a lot more than the local promoter could do. So it's become your job right. to do that because it does help, and then you make more money and more people have a good time. Are you monetizing
3: your social media at all? Yeah, Yeah, a little yeah.
0: bit. Uh, a little bit with Weed Maps and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, uh, I think in the past I've... I did a commercial for Weed Maps uh, a little while ago. That's pretty interesting. They're cool yeah. people. There's good people. Listen, that's the. Uh, it's not that it's the future, but it's like there's wild, wild west days in industry. The internet became wild, wild west. What I mean by that, there's so much room to make money. Yeah, you know. Right. And now with the whole weed industry, whether you smoke it or not. And we promote uh, promote the legalization of marijuana, and I'm big for it because of strictly for medicinal purposes that people need it for. It it provides so many so much help to so many people. Aside from the recreational side, which is your your ability to do that whatever you want as an adult, I have no problem with any of that. I just think it should be legalized nationwide, state by state, equally, and be done. And it's going to happen at some point, just like the UFC eventually is going to get legalized in every state. At some point, it was a 23 year trek to get there. If you're gonna get in that industry now, like you're doing, now's the time to get into it intelligently and prepare for when, right? There's so much money right. to be made. You know, yeah, totally. so much money, so much money.
2: Good lord!
3: Speaking of money, are you guys doing the Super Bowl? Were you the, for the Falcons or were you for the Pats?
2: I was rooting for the Falcons just for the underdog, but right. I was rooting for the Falcons, but I mean, I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so like, I was stoked, and I, I'm friends with Gronk. And so I, I was happy for them.
3: How painful was it for him to sit on the sidelines, watch that game, and not be in it? Jeez. Yeah, Actually, but I mean Atlanta that was, was
0: favorite, cr- right? Atlanta mm. was favorite, so they weren't the underdog. I think Atlanta was no, favored Atlanta, three- no, no. Pass oh. were favored by oh, three. They? By okay. three. Okay. Trust
3: me, I had a major swing right. on this game. I everybody thought of my party, I was losing, and then I came out, you know, with a huge win at the end. I had Agina. You know, I think I went up and down. Right about 50 million times. What a game. Though, what a man. greatest Holy Super Bowl man. ever. That really it might was, have been. It, it was unreal. It yeah. actually wasn't the greatest Super Bowl ever. In that many people's minds, it was one of the greatest sporting events ever. That was crazy over
0: time, The whole thing, I mean, it was just unbelievable. How about the halftime? He passed
3: but, Montana, I think, is the best. Oh, there's
0: no question, know? statistic-wise, no yeah. question. Tom How How about the, the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. He's a great guy, too.
3: He's a role model. I mean, the guy's like... Guys go home. He goes home to Giselle Bajon and makes twenty five million or more than he does every year. Wow. Yeah. Talk about God, power
2: I just, just want to watch them fuck, <laughs> <laughs> just nonstop. I could just Man. constantly watch. You them think it would fuck. sell more than
3: Paris's video, Simon? <laughs> yeah, I'd be more interested in that one. You know about his jersey? How it got stolen? Yeah. Now they they say the jersey is worth five hundred thousand dollars. But ask yourself this question: Where the f do you sell that jersey? Yeah. And the guy that buys it, what can he do with that or she do with that I'll, jersey?
2: I'll buy it and fucking jerk off on that's it. What, that's about
3: your only choice. You better get $500,000 worth it. of uh, baby batter out of that one. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to go over a couple of uh, interesting stories here, and then I know you guys got to go on to uh, more riches and, and, and success. So basically, you guys heard of the Twinkie defense? Mm. Um, there was a police officer in Florida years ago. That, yeah, I have heard of that. And he he claimed that the reason he did what he did was because the sugar and yes, the Twinkies affected right. him. Okay. Well, this guy here, a Florida man, again accused of making seven billion dollars in fraudulent fraud transfers, told the court court he stole the money because Jesus wanted him to be wealthy, which is true. Yeah, probably true. Probably depending on your religion, probably true. So they arrested him. And uh he allegedly set up wire transfers from uh in December and claimed to be a, a large nationally renowned financial institution. He was unemployed, right? So he alleged the scheme by doing, you know, a and number, did all this thing, but seven billion dollars. Do you think his defense is gonna work? The Jesus defense? Oh uh, Jesus by the way, Jesus was unavailable for comment. I mean Jesus could not make it. He a was comment. unavailable? Yeah, he was unavailable. I'll text him now
0: and see. <laughs> well, that's um I mean, is crazy isn't it? is it a judge and jury seven billion
2: dollars that's more than i make in a year yeah i know
3: it's it's crazy
0: what?
2: jesus
3: it's it's incredible
2: um yeah i don't think his defense is gonna work i mean
0: unless you just have a real bible thumping jury and judge but yeah that's i mean stranger things have happened that is
2: florida though
0: yeah. that's
3: yeah florida is a crazy florida state florida is, is, is
0: the craziest place in the world
3: where do you think the hottest girls in, in the United States are? Do you think it's Los Angeles my, or I think, Miami? I
0: think per square block, Miami. Miami. I think they're spread out more in L.A., and every hot girl from every high school moves to L.A. to make it, so yeah. they're always coming in. But my personal taste is I like Latinas with big booties, and, man, that's it, bro. It's Miami per square block. It's mm-hmm. just uh, it's overwhelming. It's um, butterskin and dark hair. It's Vegas on the beach. It's just crazy.
2: And oh, where are the hottest guys?
3: Montreal. I Ooh. <laughs> Montreal's got beautiful women, too. Montreal doesn't only have beautiful women. They have place. beautiful women without attitude. Yeah, it's real. It's it, incredible. It's, it's real. Canada's it's really amazing. Canada's... I've never met a root Canadian. i met a lot of inebriated ones, but I've never really met a yeah, root they're Canadian. So it's nice. you know, they're awesome. Yeah, they're so nice. Crazy. It's incredible.
2: It was weird. I did uh, I just did some shows in Vancouver, and it's just like the attitude was just so different. It was so laid back, and it was so polite, and it was like... I don't know. They have a utopian society up there. It's really, they figured it out.
0: Just their health care and just the, everything, just their mentality. It's a trip. I've lived up there, lived up there a lot over the years and, doing movies and stuff, and I, I just love it up there. Well,
3: is Vancouver still a hot spot for filming? Not as yeah. much,
0: but it is, yeah. Because I remember it was for it's quite weak. a while. They moved I'm back filming down in the, the summer there. Yeah, it's, it used to be a Great lot town. more, but it's still Great is. town. Now it's moved a lot to the south, like Georgia and Louisiana. They just get a good rate, and they want to keep it in the States more, but it's still up there.
2: People you, still fuck with the Couve, though. What? <laughs> you talk the about- what? The Couve. That's what I call Vancouver. Oh, the
3: Couve. The cou- oh, the Couve. You yeah. talk about uh, where the pretty girls are. If you suffer from a little bit of, or pleasurably suffer from a little bit of Asian fever, you're going to have a lot of fun in Vancouver. I don't suffer from it's that.
2: Very diverse there. I
0: mean, very I've just, it's just you're yeah. strictly Latino. More so, yeah. I don't know. I haven't. You like yeah. that
3: Enfuego personality because you know there's do, a lot of man. fire going on I there. I know, man. It's yeah. crazy. It I'm tired
2: of fucking. I'm so over it. I'm just like so old. I like I jerked off twice yesterday. And was, was it more
3: pleasurable? Bored
2: with myself and disappointed. And just, yeah, that's just how it goes. Maybe you like, need some more.
3: This. You need some more spank bank material. Maybe you've kind of worn out. It's I
2: know. Maybe I need to just open up my fucking
3: brain and <laughs> just start fucking dudes. It's so fucked. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, a. <laughs> you know, Nick, you. you Nick's got to be at a loss for words right now, TJ. When does that happen? When, I, did, when does that happen? First time in eight years. Yeah. I'm actually at a loss it's for words. It's time. It's time to not be able to say anything. What the heck's going on here? I have that effect on people. That's a good effect. You're hot and bothered. Hot and bothered. By the way, last week we talked about the Adolf Hitler phone that's being sold, right? An oh, auction. What do you mean? His... Adolf Hitler's phone. The The red phone. Literally like a movie. The red phone on his desk, which he used. And... Put many, many millions of people, you know, to death, and you know all that horrific stuff that he did. The orders he gave. They found this phone, right? And the buyer who stayed secret. They auctioned it off. Bidding started at a hundred thousand dollars. Soviet soldiers gave it to a British officer uh, after the war as a souvenir after Germany surrendered, and then it was sold once, and it just sold again. How much do you think it sold for? Just a phone. Three hundred twenty thousand U.S. Two million. Little over two hundred forty-three thousand,
0: which is still a lot of money. Oh, yeah, that
2: phone
3: better suck your dick for that. <laughs> <minute. laughs> two
0: hundred collectibles. What apps War,
3: were on it? Collectibles from World War II are like some of the highest-priced collectibles around. It's crazy. Was like, he
2: on Tinder? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know. Up? Is that where you're going now? Is that your next step? Uh, since you've got to figure out a new way to get your pleasure? No, no, <laughs> no I can't. Like I, I haven't done the Tinder. Thing. I
2: can't yeah. have sex with strangers.
0: Yeah, that's another thing about being famous quote-unquote is that you got to assume the worst in people and that people are out to get something from you sorry jumping. the true but it's true and uh it's almost like like it sounds terrible to come make this complaint but it's like going fishing and the fish just jump in the boat like you actually want the hunt as a man you want that you know it's to the point now where i want a girl it's so backwards that has no idea who i am and and hates who dirt nasty would be not, not some girls like i love dirt Nasty. i'm like you're an awful human being. Mhm. <laughs> I don't want you in my bed or near me or at the dinner, you know. So know it becomes so I'm just
2: waking up next to a stranger is just a fucking worst. Oh my god. It's like just, just fucking
3: feet look like a falcon. You know how you can fix that though? <laughs> uh, just Uber, just ask them <laughs> Uber. lifesaver, Uber's man. a lifesaver. Uber
0: is a fucking the big, here, here's fuck like, the Uber driver. No, yeah. no, no, it's I real si- it's real driver.
3: simple. Listen. You don't have to drive to see me. I'm going to send you an Uber. You come over. Yeah, it's worth the forty bucks. By the way, I got an early start. I got an early call in the morning. I'll uh, and you've had your fun. Everything's cool. And, and say, honey, I got to get some sleep. I'm I'm going to uh, do something special. I'll have the Uber pick you up and take you home because I don't want you to have to get up early with me. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, That's Uber's is. Does that work, Ian?
3: Uber is great. <clears throat> yep. It can work. Uber changed. <laughs> Uber is man. the shit. Or you can be like Charlie Sheen and pay him to leave. I love that quote. Right. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah, it's very. Yep, it's, there's, there's so many different scenarios. But getting I, back to what you said, yeah, and I experienced this too, because I've even commented on the show that my dating life has actually... I, I Believe me, don't cry for me. I have a great time. I'm still single. But at the same time, Good for it's, you. it's less... Well, stay single. Your pockets will jingle. But it stays... <laughs> With your dick. <laughs> but you got to be careful. Oh, man. You, women are... Not women. Oh, I they, mean, girls, women, whatever, whatever the category they fall into, there are females and I'm assuming maybe some males too that want to get you in a fistfight, but there are people on a mission today to make money easy, and we cover this like in the lawsuits we go through on the show. Some of these lawsuits that come up, people trying to rip people off, celebrities or Whoa, otherwise. Oh yeah, you're a target. You're just you're a, target. a target. You
0: can't. You can't. You got to assume the worst in people, which sucks.
3: You know. I don't go to strip clubs. Yeah, I don't uh, want to pay some girls' cell phone, bill. No, I'm not fucking... I pissed. wake up with a
0: boner for free. I don't want to pay for one. <laughs>
3: well, you know what? At least you're still waking up know, with one. I know, it's crazy, yeah, man. To be happy about I'm that.
0: 42, I feel 23. I'm so fucking 40, still, you're still waking up with one, Nick?
2: I, yeah, I fucking jerked off twice <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> in, I suffer from morning. P.O.D. Fucking
0: miserable. I suffer from P.O.D. Post-orgasm disgust. <laughs> as soon as I'm done, it's like you know when you on Pornhub and you rub one out, you can just hit end and you're like, "What was I thinking?" Disgusting. But a minute ago, you're all into it, and it's, that applies to humans as well. It's very rare that after you're finished having sex, you really want to hang out with them, and you know.
2: Just, I don't even you know, fucking come anymore. It just it just comes out like fucking just, tired glue. It falls out. No, like you know, ghost ghost falls dick. out of your fucking you're, dick. And you, ever,
3: <laughs> you ever see the old cartoon? You know, with the, with the volcano and it's, it's going mm-hmm. like this, it's going like this, and all of a sudden it erupts and it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what is going on? Literally. Whoa,
2: that's age. It just age. dribbles out like a fucking sad Yeah, it's a sad, sad ghost. Man. Ian, just I think fucking... we need some
3: TRT therapy over here for Nick Swarson. What do you think? Hey, I, I've, I've lost my fucking balls, too. I, I'm in a relationship, so I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. It's a different story. Folks, we're talking I to the... Love, so fucking don't let me have any answers. Ian McCall, my friends. We have Ian McCall in studio. Ian, I just got a segue here for a second, and I even text TJ. I was so... Sad and upset at when you didn't come out for your last fight. I even told T.J. at the show before I go. What, what I am happened? praying and praying and praying that Ian's fight's going to happen four, four times, five times man. in a row. His fights have been called you're off.
0: You're a fun fighter but to watch. Really? I did your yeah. podcast. I did his podcast a couple I, years back with your boy. The the last two times. Really, I just... you're fun to watch, man. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Dude,
3: the, the yeah, yeah. Stay strong, Ian. It's, you know you're a warrior, man. There's no question. Guys, I really love having you on the show. Is there anything else you want to promote? We got podcasts. You got any websites? Anything? Let them know. We're good.
2: The- I'll just say at, at Nick Swartzen on Twitter and at real Nick Swartzen on Instagram. Uh, Check at, out, come yeah. come to a live show. Typical Rick, and typical Rick.
0: Uh, I'm at Simon Rex four one five on Instagram and Simon Rex on Twitter.
3: That's awesome. And yeah. again, my offering to you because I do the special recordings from It's dot com. It's there dude. for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. That's can I, really cool. Can I make one more? Yeah. Um, because Russell Peters is a good friend of mine. I've opened up for <laughs> him. Russell. He's he's funny as heck. I've opened up for him at the Comedy Store. When you're at the Comedy Store, because I I used to live at the Comedy Store. I mean, I swear to God, I was my That's Friday the night, best place to be. It's the best date. Therapy. If, oh, my God. If it's you a great wanna, date. If, if you want to get lucky at the end of the date, let the comedians do the work. Totally. It's incredible. Man, you're so yeah. right. Yeah. You're so
0: right. So right. It's awesome. You just got to sit back and laugh and have a drink. Exactly. Laugh, a
3: exactly.
2: drink and then you laugh into their asshole. Yeah.
3: Like, you just laugh on their tits. There's one, <laughs> there's one thing women love more than anything else, and I challenge anybody to argue with me on this. It's called a sense of humor. Oh, man. They love to laugh. Man. Yeah, for make sure. Them laugh. You know, like the old "Singing in the Rain." Make totally, them make them laugh. Totally. Yeah. make them laugh. Exactly. Now, when you're next up, stand up. Either way, you guys together, hit me up. I'm in town. You. Yeah, Can, awesome. I want to. A, I want to see the show. And if you like me to, I'll come out and give you the balance at the beginning of the show. Yeah, 100% I would do that. Yeah, totally awesome. do it. Fuck this yeah. Is, this is awesome. Thank you. I, I thank you so much for being on the show. You know, Simon, all the best to you. Thank you, you so sincerely. much. Sincerely. Thank, thank, thank you, brother. Thank you
2: so much. Appreciate it. You're a good Nick. man. Bruce, great to see you. I love, to you love you, buddy. Love you too, brother. He's sincerely. Yes.
3: Thanks for having us. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Check us all out next week. We'll be back with another exciting show of his Time Radio. Before then, now and forever Be respectable to everybody around you. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Be honest. Be strong. Do not lie. Tell it the way it is. Life is karmic. It all comes back to you. Set your goals. Write them down. Be prepared to win because life is about winning. And why? It's time to win. That's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Buffer out.
1: The preceding podcast was a T.J. DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit microsoft.com teams.